This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here in studio today. I've got uh, Graham Graham Williams with me as well. Thanks for joining me. I am always happy to be here. We have a really cool show. There's so many cool segments uh, we've got in line for you. How would you like to have a side hustle made easy? Well, there's an app for that. Uh, We'll be talking to one of the folks behind a, uh, an app that gets you uh, quick gigs uh, on the side. We'll also be chatting with uh, a new sharing economy app, but for renting out your own car. Wouldn't that be cool? Well, uh, it's an app called Turo, available uh, in select Canadian cities uh, here in BC and uh, adding additional features. So uh, maybe you can help pay down that uh, expensive car lease uh, that you have uh, on a monthly basis. Uh, and uh, we will also, uh, of course, have our app of the week. Let's get into some of the tech news this uh, week, Graham. Some interesting uh, stuff happening with text messaging. I know we all use text messaging or different messaging apps like WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger, but uh, there is a new standard of text messages uh, that uh, is in the works called RCS, and you're going to hear more and more about this uh, in the next coming couple of years. It stands for Rich communication services. And Google has been making a huge push to all the carriers uh, around the world to adopt this. So far, they have 50 of them uh, signed up. Google never really got uh, a good messaging app across the finish line to compete with Apple's iMessage. And this is kind of, I guess, their shot to, uh, uh, I guess, have something similar, but more on a, um, a global standard. And quite frankly, I think this thing's already dead in the water. Um, this is one of those services. Yeah, it's it's interesting because this is a service that is carrier reliant. So if you are in Canada, you're thinking Rogers, Telus, Bell, um, any number of the the cellular providers here in Canada, and it's reliant on them to provide this service. So they have to turn it on because if they don't, it won't work. It doesn't work, yeah. and uh, you know that's that's great. But when we live in a world of iMessage and we live in a world of uh, you know secret conversations in Facebook Messenger and uh, Signal, Telegram, WhatsApp that all provide end to end encryption, which we're seeing is more and more important in this world of complete and total surveillance. RCS does not provide end-to-end encryption. No, it's not secure. This thing is dead in the water. Um, I mean, I look at Google and I'm like, this comes on the heels of them killing Allo, which was what their fifth. We, har- we hardly knew you, Allo. <laughs> a year and a half. And no, you know what? I bet the listeners out there, Allo, what? Allo <laughs> Vera? <laughs> <laughs> well, because like Allo was their 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 messaging solution, and then Duo was their. Um, video solution, which I don't know if it's still running because I don't know anyone that's actually oh, I forgot about using Duo. it. So I, I look to Google and I'm like, guys, you know, as much as I, I love you for a lot of the stuff that you do, you haven't had a single clue in messaging since way back in the days of Google Wave. So why is it that we would want to bother with anything that you are promoting at this point? That's your prediction. That's dead. my prediction. This thing's dead in the water. A year and a half max. 18 months seems to be the top end for any Google experimental communications technology. Oh, chat or RCS, <laughs> we hardly knew you. So uh, also, I don't know if you saw this online. This was just kind of a, a fun little thing I saw. They uh, have these robots uh, in Singapore that they've taught to put together IKEA furniture. This, to me, is actually the, the dearest and most uh, significant sign of the singularity. If these things can, <laughs> if they can figure out the Allen keys and end up building the furniture with no extra pieces, we're done as a species. We might as well just hand the keys over to the earth because this is it. Yeah, you got to Google this. IKEA robots. Uh, and again, you know, they've had to program these robots. They can't put together everything, but they've uh, taught it how to assemble some of these IKEA chairs and they can do it in 20 minutes without killing anyone <laughs> from frustration or just, you know, 
becoming sentient. Well, you know, it's, it's, I mean, I actually, so here's the thing. I went over to someone's house uh, the other day and reassembled a non-IKEA bookcase without instructions that had been in storage for seven years. Really? If these things can catch up to me on that, then I think, I think we're done for. But uh, until then, I think maybe we might be okay. I'm scarred from childhood still putting together IKEA furniture with my mom. You know how frustrating. Can you imagine back then how much worse it was? It, it was horrendous. So anyway, uh, if you are one of these robot developers, keep going. Make this happen because I think you will make the world a better place. Just don't teach them how to use weapons, please. Exactly. Uh, ZTE, a big cell phone company based out of China, having a bit of uh, challenges with the U.S. government. They've... Uh, I've been slapped down from using uh, any U.S. technology in their phones. Which is the most significant thing is Qualcomm. Uh, they were using Qualcomm modems in these telephones. And without a modem, your telephone doesn't work anymore. So Theoretically. Yeah. This, is, this is essentially the U.S. government turning to uh, you know, ZTE and by proxy the Chinese government. And again, saying, uh, you know, we don't want this stuff here because we want our stuff to be more successful. It's interesting because we have actually, we have actually seen a number of Chinese handset makers that have had... Um, you know, additional software installed that users may not have wanted. So this may be seen as a way of protecting users in North America. Uh, ZTE, I mean, has been, from what I understand, fairly decent so far. So it does seem like a bit of a protectionist uh, mechanism here. But, you know, what what do we do? Like we we have, you know, this this major market in China where, you know, North American companies outside of Apple have had a great deal of difficulty trying to penetrate uh, so, you know, is this a way of basically fighting back? Well, it's interesting because they actually got dinged by the U.S. Department of Commerce for failure failure to significantly reprimand staff after pleading guilty to violating sanctions on Iran and North Korea. So and they paid huge fines, millions of dollars in fines. So this is the U.S. government hammering them again. Sell, selling cell phones to the enemy and therefore uh, you can't sell cell phones here. Interesting. I wonder how many sales they had in North Korea and uh, in 12, Iran 12. that made up for... Uh, this particular mistake of theirs. Uh, another interesting uh, thing in the news here, and we're going to see it rolled out, uh, you know, across Canada and the U.S. Uh, Facebook is starting its facial recognition push to Europeans. I, I and so this is an opt-in service, correct? Kind of. Yeah. Uh, so they're trying to, um, I guess, from a legal standpoint, roll this out. Uh, I guess to their advantage. So right now. What's happening is if you're in Europe and a Facebook user, you're going to get a notification to say that uh, the facial recognition technology is turned on and you have to go in and turn it off if you don't want it. So this, what it does is basically automatically tags users in photo uploads. So for example, uh, you know, if I was in Disneyland with my family uh, and someone else, some stranger was taking pictures of their family and I happened to be in the background, this facial recognition technology would tag my face and then alert me that that photo was there. For example, this, you know, honestly, is that this, creepy, scary? That's creepy, scary. Uh, this is you know, the, <laughs> the list of reasons not to use Facebook. It just grows daily. No, honey, day I wasn't at that nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> if you're an identical twin, I think you've got to know. But outside of that, no, honestly, like this is one of those things where it absolutely should be opt in. There should be a firm opt out. Yeah. And, you know, just being able to say to Facebook, stay out of my business. I think more and more people are getting the right picture and actually shutting those accounts down. You're listening to Get Connected right now. Mike Agarbo here in studio today. I've got Graham Williams with me. Today's show is awesome. Have you ever wanted to make money renting your car out when you're not using it? Well, there's an app for that. And also, do you have an old slow PC or Mac? Well, we've got a little device that can give it a whole new lease on life. You are listening to Get Connected here on the Chorus Radio Network, brought to you by London Drugs. We'll be back after this. The sharing economy has uh, produced so many different uh, 
new companies, uh, ones like Uber, Airbnb. Well, there's a, another one uh, that's uh, in Canada now called Turo, T-U-R-O. It's an app that allows you to go in and actually rent cars from ordinary people. So if you've got a, a car that you're not using all the time, uh, you can actually uh, have it registered on Turo and people can rent it from you. On the line, we've got our guest, Cedric Michu. He is the director of Turo here in Canada. Cedric, uh, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Can you tell our listeners uh, what Turo is all about? So Turo is a peer-to-peer car-sharing marketplace. Uh, it was uh, founded in 2010 uh, in the U.S. And basically, it's a platform that connects individual car owners who have a car but don't use it all the time with travelers who need a car. Uh, so for car owners, it's really a new way to make money with a car. Um, and for travelers, it's a cheaper, better way to access a car, whether it's for a day or for several weeks. And, and what kind of cars uh, do you have access to? So that's the beauty of the marketplace. Uh, you literally have any car you want on the marketplace. We have more than 900 makes and models right now on the marketplace. Uh, and that's because those cars are listed by individual car owners. Um, and so you have a huge variety of cars from uh, convertibles to sports cars to uh, more of your day-to-day car. Uh, so there's really a car for every occasion and every budget. And so what what type of quality control do you have? Like do, do the uh, people that are sharing their cars, uh, do they have to have their car inspected? How do you know that their car is safe? Yeah, so there are a number of um, eligibility requirements, both for the cars themselves and for the people who are going to drive those cars and rent those cars on the marketplace. Uh, So for your car to be eligible to be listed on Turo, it needs to um, have less than 200,000 kilometers on the odometer. Uh, It needs to uh, to be in good mechanical condition. It needs to be less than 12 years old. Um, so you have a, a number of criteria that you have to uh, meet to be able to list your car. And on the traveler side, um, we also ensure uh, the safety of, of the marketplace by screening all renters uh, who want to drive cars uh, from Turo. Uh, so we verify people's identity, we verify the validity of the, their driver's license, we analyze the risk, and based on that, we make an eligibility decision. Uh, and that way, that basically ensures that the community uh, is safe and that everyone is, is safe on the road. So, Cedric, walk me through this. Uh, I'm in the app. Uh, you know, I'm traveling to Toronto, for example, and I see a car that I want, uh, you know, to rent for three days. Uh, what happens next? Well, it's going to be very easy. Uh, if you're in the app, you're going to send a request uh, to rent this car to the to the host. Uh, you will add a small message to explain uh, to the host uh, what you want to do with the car and the reason for your trip. And that's where you're going to engage a discussion with the host. Um, and based on that request, the host will accept your request or not. Um, some cars also have instant book. Uh, that means that the host will autom- automatically uh, accept your request. Um, and then from there, uh, you're just going to either show up uh, at the host place and meet with the host, walk around the car, and take the key of the car and just be on your way. Uh, or the host can also deliver the car to you so that you don't have to um, to, to go to him. Uh, so that's an extra convenience, if you will, um, that you can add to the experience. So that makes it, frankly, very different from uh, the traditional car rental experience where you a lot of the time need to go to a remote location um, to, you know, to, to rent a car. And uh, how successful has it been? 
I'm sorry, what? How successful has the program been? So uh, it's actually been very successful in Canada. We um, we launched in Canada about two years ago now, almost exactly two years ago, and we now have more than uh, 300,000 uh, members uh, signed up to the platform uh, just in Canada. We have more than 5 million members actually worldwide. Um, and in terms of the number of cars listed, we actually have more than 10,000 cars that got listed on the marketplace uh, since we started uh, across the four provinces that we're uh, currently operating in, um, Alberta, Ontario, Quebec, and more recently, uh, British Columbia. So we're really excited about the growth. Uh, Canadians really love Turo, and uh, we're really looking forward to uh, putting Turo in even more uh, more hands uh, throughout Canada. So this is almost like the Airbnb of car rental or car sharing. This is, uh, this is uh, uh, yeah, this is one way to put it. Uh, clearly, uh, you know, the Airbnb model is, is uh, something we uh, tried to learn from and uh, was obviously very, very successful and also did a lot, frankly, to make people comfortable with sharing their own homes and, and more broadly their assets. Uh, and so I think it got people more comfortable with sharing their cars. Um, but really, the, the marketplace that Roy is, is quite specific in, in the sense that it is a transportation marketplace. And, uh, and, and safety is really at the heart of any uh, transportation initiative. Um, so we... We have, as part of this uh, experience, um, a lot of safety features from uh, roadside assistance to uh, liability insurance to customer support uh, that add that uh, safety that is really needed in any transportation marketplace. So thank you for giving us uh, just how that all works. And I think it's like a very cool uh, app and, and program, but you're having a few challenges here in British Columbia. It's, it's not quite the same here yet. Uh, yeah, it's exactly uh, exactly the case. We um, we launched in April 2016 in three provinces in Alberta, Ontario, and Quebec, and more recently we brought the, the platform to BC. Um, but the the thing is, in BC, the insurance um, legislation is very different from in from other provinces, um, and the insurance product that we created and pioneered in other provinces in Canada uh, and also in the U.S. Uh, just doesn't work uh, in B.C. at the, at the moment. Um, so um, we, we partnered in B.C. Uh, when we launched in October of last year, uh, we partnered with uh, a number of uh, car rental entrepreneurs, uh, small independent car rental companies who are able to provide their own insurance to uh, guests who rent the cars. Uh, so that's a way for us to, you know, uh, get us in, in BC and get people to experience uh, Turo uh, in a slightly different way, but still in a way that guarantees um, a level of experience that is in line with the Turo standards, meaning great price, unique selection, and great service. Um, but in the next few months, we are basically going to work with the legislators and the regulators to uh, try to bring a change to insurance legislation and make sure uh, that Truro is, now, is soon available uh, for every corner in, in BC. Well, Cedric, uh, our government moves very quickly here in British Columbia. <laughs> I mean, this is uh, yeah. This is one of the uh, the issues that Uber is having uh, as well here in British Columbia, and, and unfortunately, another example of uh, how uh, our province just can't seem to get its act together with all these new uh, innovative uh, sharing economy uh, opportunities. But uh, like you were saying, um, people can still use the app here in, in BC, but it's not uh, in its full capacity yet. 
Exactly. Um, they can also, you know, use it in BT, start to use it in BT under that slightly different model and, uh, and, and experience the, the real full thorough experience when they travel to other provinces, to Alberta or Ontario or even Quebec, uh, to get a feel for it. Um, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic, uh, in terms of, uh, bringing the, the full peer-to-peer uh, experience to the people of BC because I think it's true there there have been some challenges uh, in the past with other innovative companies but I think the momentum is right and there's really um, a discussion there around like bringing uh, innovative services back to the province and making the necessary changes uh, from an insurance standpoint to make it happen so uh, we're pretty optimistic that uh, you know the people of BC will be able to uh, use the Toro in its full capacity in the near future. Maybe you should be uh, doing a uh, horse and buggy sharing <laughs> about the rate we're going here. We're looking, yeah. we're looking at all options. <laughs> well, Cedric, uh, I want to thank you. Uh, people can download this app for both uh, Android uh, and uh, iOS? Exactly, yeah. Cool. C- Cedric Michu from uh, the uh, car sharing uh, app Turo. When we come back from the break, still a lot more tech to talk here on Get Connected. How would you like to uh, speed up your old PC or laptop? Well, we've got a little device that'll do just that, give you a little extra juice for it. And uh, we'll also be uh, looking at an app that helps you get a side hustle. Listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here in studio. Still lots of tech to talk on today's program. If you've got an old PC that's just gathering dust in your closet or an old laptop that just doesn't have the juice anymore, well, there might be a, a solution out there for you to give it some extra new life. On the line, we've got uh, Mark Oman from Extra PC. Thanks for joining us today, Mark. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me. Wanted to get you on the show. Uh, came across a little device that uh, you guys have, uh, the Extra PC, a little USB stick that you plug into an old uh, desktop or a laptop and uh, it can actually, I guess, revitalize it uh, with uh, a whole new uh, operating system and still use kind of all the components that are with uh, with the computer you have. Can you give our listeners uh, a rundown of what it's all about? Yeah, <clears throat> this, uh, this little device is pretty amazing. And uh, we started this with the whole idea of giving a, a consumer something different. You know, usually you're spending a lot of money on a new computer. And uh, you can spend hundreds, thousands of dollars, and with Extra PC, we said, what if you could get a new computer for $35? That'd be pretty amazing, and that's actually what we're able to do. We take an old computer, and most of us have one of them somewhere. You've got one under the bed or on a shelf somewhere in the garage. We take an old computer with Extra PC, you plug it in, a few simple steps, reboot your computer, and it comes up with our Linux-based software. And it's like having a whole brand-new computer. It takes that old computer, bypasses that operating system, and makes it just like new. And that's kind of the cool thing about Linux. Linux is another operating system. It's graphical like Windows uh, and the Mac, but uh, it it doesn't have, I guess, all the overhead that uh, some of those other operating systems have. So you get quite a bit of speed uh, with it uh, on these older computers. Yeah, we've had, uh, you know, we've done a lot of testing. We've had up to 10 times speed improvement, depending on which application and, and how you use it. But uh, the big thing about Extra PC is uh, it gets rid of all that bloatware and all that junk that you've got on a computer, and it actually makes it run much, much faster than actually even it was originally. 
And if you're a person that's got an old XP or an old uh, Windows Vista, Windows 7, it's probably got lots of junk on it, uh, lots of malware stuff in the, on it. And with this Linux-based software that we've got, it gets rid of all that, and it bypasses that, and it makes it just like new. In fact, it bypasses it such you don't even have to have a hard drive. Maybe you've got a computer where the hard drive is crashed or it's not even there. No problem. Extra PC just bypasses that, and it just uh, it just runs. It's fast. And the other thing that's quite cool about it is it's very secure. Uh, it's uh, compared to Windows uh, susceptibility to viruses and things like that. It's extremely secure. So I, I got to ask some questions because I know the listeners are, are wondering this. Uh, so if I plug it into my computer, um, my Windows computer, I'm running Windows XP. Um, Will it see the stuff that I've got hooked up, like the keyboard and the mouse and my web camera and all that? Uh, yes, it will see uh, pretty much everything uh, that you've got. I, I suppose there might be something that <laughs> it doesn't see, but yeah, it, it, you can see all of the devices. And the cool thing is it will actually see your old hard drive if you have files and things that you want to be able to pull in and use. And so what kind of programs am I able to use on here? Uh, can I use things like Skype, and how am I going to word process and, and browse the web? Uh, web browser, we use, uh, you know, a, a kind of a standard web browser, and uh, uh, we have uh, LibreOffice that's already pre-installed. You can install things like Skype. You can install mini games. Uh, the uh, Office programs that Libra has basically are the same things that you get with Microsoft Office. So all of the uh, uh, video, all of that uh, works really well. Uh, you can, you know, because it's got a, a good browser on it, uh, you can uh, do uh, uh, Amazon video. Uh, you know, any kind of video runs on it. It's great. You know, the whole idea here was... Uh, getting an extra computer. That's why we came up with the name. This isn't going to replace all the computers in your house. It gives you an extra computer to do those things you just talked about. So we talked about Windows, old Windows PCs. Will this work on old Macs? Uh, Macs back to about 2011. It kind of depends on if you're able to boot your Mac into a USB. Not all Macs will do that. But anything that's about 2011 and newer, it will. And so I know you have a few different models uh, of uh, the extra PC uh, USB stick. Uh, tell us about the differences. Yeah, we've got uh, our basic model uh, is a turbo that we uh, have 16 gig of memory on, then uh, 32 gig. And then we have a Pro, and the Pro includes uh, uh, some unique features, one of which is uh, uh, a program we call File Resurrection. <laughs> it actually... What it does, it allows you to go in and resurrect all the files that you thought were lost, maybe from an old hard drive that uh, couldn't be used anymore. Uh, this is a proprietary software that we developed that uh, actually it's worth an awful lot of money if you've ever tried to go uh, have your computer fixed by somebody to do just that. So those are the three versions. They're also speed, uh, going from slowest to fastest improvements across those three products. So, again, uh, this USB stick runs the Linux operating system. I know a lot of people out there are thinking, well, I can just go and download Linux for free and set it up on my computer. But I guess you're making it easy just by having this one one stick that you just plug in. I think that's a great question. We get that a lot. Uh, and my answer is actually 
if you can do that, uh, go ahead and do it. Uh, if you can get a USB stick that works, that's fast enough, and you have the ability and skill to download uh, Linux and make it work, uh, I, I think do it. Uh, I've been in the IT world a long time. I'm not sure I could still do it. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, it, it. It's much like, you know, I love to cook, uh, but uh, and I love to eat, but I, I, I like to have the professionals do my cooking for me when I go out to the restaurant. They, they, they do it, and they do it well. Uh, same thing for this. I mean, we've customized Linux, made it uh, graphically much uh, easier and simpler to use, uh, taken a lot of the kind of the work out of this to make it work really well. And kind of the secret is our USB drives and how we test those and find the ones that work the absolute best for this. So that's what's unique about it and why uh, we think it's something that uh, it's worth paying money for to, in order to do that. Talking with Mark Oman from Extra PC. The website address again, Mark? Uh, www.extra-pc.com. Breathe a little uh, new life into your old uh, Windows or, or Mac desktop or PC. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk here on Get Connected. Stay tuned. Well, we know a lot about the job sites uh, out there, uh, Monster, LinkedIn, Workopolis, but uh, what if you just want to get a side hustle going? Well, on the line, we've got our friend Alex Coop to talk about a new app that helps you do just that. Thanks for joining us, Alex. Oh, thanks for having me, Mike. So uh, this is kind of an interesting app uh, that you brought to my attention. It's called Hire, which is uh, an app available uh, for iPhones and Android phones. Tell our listeners what it's all about. Sure thing. Well, it's been... It's been around for a bit more, uh, for more than a year now, and but it's it's really started to gain momentum uh, over the past couple months. And it's an app developed uh, in Toronto by a couple a uh, couple of people, Erica Moses uh, and Josh Karam. I hope I'm not butchering their name. Uh, and the idea, as you mentioned, is an app that allows people to um, sign up for an app and. Uh, perform side gigs uh, outside of their uh, outside of their regular job and earn extra money on the side. And essentially, the way it works is you download the app, you uh, register yourself, and you basically put your 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 name and uh, uh, some bits of pieces of information about yourself out there for uh, various employers. Uh, at the moment, it's it's prominently smaller businesses around the city, uh, and it allows them to view your profile. Um, see what kind of experience you have. This is information that you upload yourself, and then based on that, if uh, a business needs to fill a shift for whatever reason, uh, once they've exhausted all opportunities within uh, amongst their staff, then they go to this app, they look at uh, who's available for a potential shift, um, and then they hire you. Um, and all, the business itself also has to um, interact with the app itself. They're the ones that... Um, put up a, a notice into the app saying, okay, um, uh, Joe's bar needs a, a shift filled between 3 and 9 p.m. Let's see who's available. And then uh, apparently um, it's, it's actually very successful, according to the uh, founders. Um, the uh, average uh, applicants uh, looking into each shift that's available is about 17 uh, and the fill rate is uh, more than 90%. Uh, it's actually 98%. So uh, that's pretty good. Uh, and on a side note, the app is also available in New York, where the uh, fill rate is 94%. So uh, that's, those are the two cities it's available in right now. 
Very cool. Is there like some specific industries that this really kind of caters to? Yeah, it's currently the the hospitality uh, industry um, for for now, and and they're looking into so restaurants and. Uh, smaller businesses right now that, uh, according to the founders, uh, um, I'm, I'm doing a bit of a story on them, and it seems like that they're very much targeting right now the uh, sort of the, the smaller businesses. Like I said, there are certainly, uh, they, they do want to tap into the, to the bigger chains uh, down the road, but for now, uh, as it has just started, uh, the market is the, the smaller businesses, the, the hospitality sector, um, and uh, they plan on growing from there. So, um, and it seems like that's working. Apparently, they've also been engaged with uh, city staff about what their app is doing. You know, the 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 fact that they're already stimulating the economy to some extent. Um, at, you know, at a in a small way for now, but um, you know, the fact that this app is working and it's uh, gaining traction, and the fact that it's um, you know the businesses are able to fill 98 percent of their uh, empty shifts with this app like that's uh, that's gaining the attention of city staff so uh, yeah they are um, very much they, they found something that works <laughs> yeah this is uh, I think fascinating but what about quality control like obviously anyone can sign up to uh, you know hopefully get some some shifts like how do you know that uh, you know if you're a business uh, that these people that you know you're sending this potential opportunity out to uh, aren't criminals or just really bad <laughs> at their jobs. Yeah, there there is a review system in place uh, for the business and for the people it's hiring. Uh, so if you put up information about yourself and and your and um, say say a restaurant is looking for a cook and uh, your profile says that you're you meet those you meet that criteria if you. Uh, show up and it turns out you're just lying about the whole thing while they're very quickly going to um, receive a very bad review or they might not even let you finish the shift. So um, the information that you put out there is taken seriously. And um, like I said, you, you do get reviewed um, as the person taking the shifts and as the business. So, um, But according to, I also spoke to a business that's uh, using the app in Toronto. Uh, they've had next to zero problems in terms of people showing up and causing problems. Um, side gigs are uh, something that people, um, especially younger people still in sort of post-secondary uh, or just exiting post-secondary, you know, the last thing that they really want to do is, is upset uh, the business community and, and uh, tarnish their reputation and then prevent themselves from ever getting a shift again. So um, it's actually a very tight-knit uh, community within the app and, and people take it seriously. So, um, But it's also... Um, you know, it's it's fairly lighthearted in terms of you showing up for a shift and, and actually like engaging with staff. And then, uh, according to the one business owner who uses the app, it, it could potentially even lead to you getting a full time job there if uh, you know if the shift goes that well, or if a couple shifts go that well, it could actually lead to a job. So um, certainly, there's there's a, a small chance for things to go wrong, or for the person you hire for a shift to not fulfill their uh, their duties uh, as well as they should, but uh, that has not really been the case so far. We're talking with Alex Coop from IT World Canada about uh, the new Hire app, spelled H-Y-R, available uh, on the uh, Apple App Store and the Google uh, Play Store. Right now, the cities, I believe, are just Toronto and uh, New York, but would love to see this uh, spread out to uh, other cities. Alex, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks very much for having me. And uh, they, they want to, uh, uh, founders really want to see this app elsewhere as well. So uh, over time, I'm sure uh, uh, that could happen. Thanks a lot, Alex. Yeah, thank you.
When we come back from the break, it's App of the Week time. Stay tuned. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Graham Williams. I want you to, if you have a chance, Sunday mornings, check out our sister show. It's called The App Show. We've been doing it uh, for almost half a year now. It's doing really well. It's basically a show about all the latest and greatest apps for your smartphone, whether you're an Android user, iPhone, iPad, smart TV. We've got a whole list of apps that we talk about on a weekly basis. All the best tips and tricks for Facebook, iPhone. It's a fun show. Again, it's on Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. here at CKNW 980 across the Chorus Radio Network. Well, it's the uh, near the end of the show. We've got App of the Week. Graham, what do you got? So this is a really cool and really fun app. If you like to travel and you like to uh, basically keep a chronology of your travels, it's an app called Polar Steps. And so what it does is it uses the metadata and the GPS data in your photographs to create uh, essentially a trip schedule, which you can then publish online with all of these pictures. You can add some, some comments and some notes. It'll uh, basically track day by day where you went, what you did, how far away from home you went, how many countries you visited. Um, and it basically puts it out there for other travelers to check out. It's actually, it's a really fun little app. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So basically, it's uh, it's kind of gamified a little bit. Like it tracks things like the number of countries you've seen, the percentage of the world that you visited, uh, the continents you visited, uh, the number of flags you've collected, again, by going to uh, all of these different countries, uh, steps, likes, trips. Um, and it will show you like the furthest place from home. It's a really cool, fun little app. Now, this is obviously an app that is gathering your data because it is free. Uh, and I'm, you know, they've, they've pledged that they're anonymizing this stuff, but they're basically using it to get a profile of people and then, you know, sell that information to other people, uh, for, you know, uh, advertising value. Uh, and they're not looking to advertise to you. They're basically just gathering demographic stuff, which I think is a fair trade-off for kind of a cool little lab. Would you use it? I am using it. Okay. And it's it's really neat. So, you know, basically right now I'm looking at um, a trip here, 33 days from a guy named Edward Chin in uh, Bristol in the United Kingdom. Took place in July of 2017. 33 days on interrail Europe. Uh, 9,000 kilometers he travels. So it's kind of like stories. Yeah. And so basically you can kind of go through and you can flip through all of Edward's stuff. You went to Venice. You went to a bunch of other places. So Do really, you care? I, th- I, I care. I think it's really neat. And <laughs> you can actually see the line on the map where um, everyone traveled. And then uh, they can write journal entries. So you can basically get some context to all of the uh, the things that are going on in this trip. Just the person who took the picture. That's right. Yeah. And so, I mean, you can you can like it. You can comment on the pictures as well. So it's a little like a little like a sort of microcosm of Facebook for travelers. Very cool. Yeah. That's all the time we have left. I want to thank everyone from the Get Connected team that helped put the show together. Don't forget to uh, watch Global News, uh, Morning News this uh, Monday morning. I'm going to be showing some really cool mounts for smart speakers that you can put your smart speakers uh, in bathrooms or just about anywhere. Mike and Graham signing off for Get Connected. We will see you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.